Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. To be the sad man Behind blue eyes Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon with a blue color scheme today. Thus the uh, the who bringing us in. I got to admit, this is my least favorite, I think, of the color schemes. Why? I don't know. It just doesn't uh, seem as overstated as the other two. It's blue. Yeah, you've got like a it's blue. Bluer, it's bluer than what I had the other colors because uh, blue jeans. Okay. Blue uh, sweatshirt. Blue hat. I like this song. Uh, Gordon going with bluer than blue. I love that song. That's it. What? No. Uh, okay. Bluer than bluer than blue. Well, I mean. Yeah, but the yeah. Okay. Your your hat. The fish on your hat matches the the blue pullover. It does. Well, the the fish is. I I expected when you said blue, like you were going to show up like Davis Love on Sunday. <laughs> well, I did. Uh, I the the sweatshirt is blue enough for you, right? That's a bright blue. I right? suppose. The hat is was blue and it's kind of faded, uh, but I was going to wear the really bright blue hat that I have. But Lisa said, "No, that's uh-uh. well." See, now I just want to see that hat. Oh, you've seen it. I've worn it before. I love this song. Why do I love this song? I don't know because it's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's a good song. It's just very depressing. Listen to this. Listen. I hear it. This is how we're starting the show. Bluer than blue. <laughs> I don't make these choices. <laughs> they do it to me every time, man. <laughs> Where are the photos? Come in from an upbeat record, and Gordon has to request Bluer than Blue. It's not like jazz fans are happy today. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about the grumpiness, obviously. How are you, though, Gordon? You doing all right, or are you I'm, blue? You no, okay? I'm, no, I'm fairly good. Weather getting you down? No, I haven't paid much attention to it today. I am looking forward to sunshiny days. So. Yeah, busy uh, hacking out a column. Uh, hacking out a Maybe column. not the right word. Uh, pounding out a column? I wrote two columns today, and the one that ended up uh, online is uh, quite critical of the jazz players. Uh, and so I thought that was a little more fitting than what I had uh, previously written. 
Full of personal shots? No. Oh, no, okay. not personal well, that's shots. too bad. What, is that what you want? A little bit. Yeah, don't we all want that? I look at it this way. The Jazz as a franchise have provided this group with great support. Right? From ownership to management, the coaching staff is one of the NBA's best. They have everything they need to be successful. And to watch what we saw last night, to close out a game the way the Jazz did last night, was, well, it was pathetic. I don't know how else to say it. And I understand that that one game doesn't define a team. But when you're coming into the back end of it, you have a four-game losing streak. You have a game on your home floor. You've had two or three days to practice and prepare and rest and get ready for it. Your opponent has seven available players. Uh, And like I said, you're playing on your home floor. That is a game you have to win. And then you have a double-digit lead, and you, you, you just let that slip away. And in the final minutes of the game, you have four turnovers. That, that's just uh, – that's, that's the kind of basketball that you would expect out of, uh, out of the Cleveland Cavs or maybe the New York Knicks or somebody like that. Not a team that's trying to prove itself worthy of consideration for real contention in this league. You'd think Kyle Shanahan was coaching the team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for that team – was actually in the Super Bowl. True. But, you know, the the two were... I don't think coaching was the problem. I, well, I, we'll we'll get into it. I'm I'm just making a joke to break the tension because you know, we've got the split story coming up which will involve everything that you're getting to right. there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, you know, breaking it up a little bit okay. before we get too far down the road. Right. It's only 310. Yeah, see uh <laughs> get to get to Gordon's column sltrib.com and give it a read. How's it going over there, Austin? Austin's here too, of course. Things good. I'm opening doing great. night tonight is well, it's dress rehearsal. So, but that's it's opening night because you don't you don't stop or anything. So, when are when are we going to go see this? I don't know. See, I've got uh, I've got All Star break uh, pushing me around a little bit, but uh, I'm going to get up there to to see it. And of course, I'm going to buy tickets either way because it goes to a great cause. That it does, uh, yeah. Austin doing Explain some uh, it, community Austin. theater for charity. Uh, just to real simply put, there's a theater in Kaysville called Hope Box Theater. The founder is a four time cancer survivor. And the proceeds for every show that runs up there go to a selected cancer fighter in the Utah community. Mm. And our show goes to Margo Flint, who just finished her daily, six weeks daily, radiation yesterday for triple negative breast cancer. Wow. So. What's, her, what's her name again? Margo Flint. Margo, we're, we're with you, man. Yep. We are so full hope, support. Hopeboxtheater.com and come make fun of me and do a good, for a good cause. Yeah, what, go and, see Austin kill it. Yeah. What's Very your, excited what's for your you. role? I'm playing Nathan Detroit uh, in Guys and Dolls. Frank Sinatra famously played him in the movie. They wrote him more songs in the movie than I get in the show. But how, yeah, how, how would you compare your performance with uh, Frankie? I mean, old blue eyes, as it were. <laughs> not yeah. even, not even close. You have a couple solos. I'm though? somewhere between he and Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane famously did him on Broadway. Did the, let me rephrase? Played his role. Yeah, played Nathan Detroit on <laughs> You know, it's 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 just unimaginable Jake. what they'll show on stage. Jake, these days. I blame you. Uh, but anyway, 
Nathan Lane was more of a comedic role. Frank Sinatra is more, you know, hey, lounge singer role. And I'm in between. Uh, you have a couple solos, though? You can... uh, no solos. No solos. Just uh, I, have a, I have a tandem song with my fiance in the show. Oh, so. I see. So it would be a duet? That would be it, yeah. Excellent. Go see Austin. Yeah. Do some good. Or, so let me know when and, you're going to go, and I'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll go with We'll you. get it figured out. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot to do today. Uh, of course, Sam Amick is going to join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Looking forward to that on a especially, you know, trade deadline. Sam will have uh, a ton for us, so uh, certainly uh, mark that down in your phone, calendar, whatever. Uh, then Gordy Chase is going to be with us for the entire 5 o'clock hour as well. Kind of get to the bottom what's going on with the Jazz. And uh, as, that, as we're talking to Coach, the All-Star – um, selection, or what are we calling this? The picking of teams sure. uh, goes down at uh, at five o'clock, which should be pretty fascinating. See where Donovan and Rudy go. Donovan says he wants to play alongside Rudy, but if he isn't picked on the same team, then he'll have a second shot at Rudy after the French beat uh, Team USA at the World Championships. Now, I I do think it would be better for everybody if Rudy went last in this thing, but I don't think he's going to. We'll see. Uh, we'll see uh, how these guys think. I saw a mock draft, if you can believe that, on this this particular thing. And in that mock draft, Rudy was second to last. See, I bet somebody's going to pick the defensive guy just to say they picked the defensive guy, <laughs> right? Well, it depends. It depends on what the attitude of the players is. Will they play some defense? Or, or will Rudy be sort of uh, – pressured peer pressured into uh hey you don't do that that's well, not cool see i think i think rudy will go earlier in the draft in the same way that remember when they did this the first time and lebron james picked kyrie irving like almost right away because you know he wanted to you know, quash the the whole beef and all that sort of thing like so of what's, course the, he was what's the motivation like, rudy? like they'd pick rudy because they're they're not going to um uh, send the PR message that defense doesn't matter. They're going to pick the defensive guy because that's important, even though we really know it's not. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think you might be like, overthinking it. You could see, you could see Le- LeBron going, oh, I'm picking the defensive guy because we're trying to win this thing. Well, Giannis is a great defensive player. Of course, LeBron is as well. But wouldn't it be fun to see those two on the court together? It would be, yeah. And then but, when uh, when some other player comes flying down the court, doing all this showing off and whatnot, and Giannis or Rudy swoops over and just knocks the ball right out of their hand. I know you're dying to see defense in the All-Star game and have players try again, Gordon, but I, I just think you're you're living in the 100-acre wood again. You think it's just an absent it, hope? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I wish it would. It would be a lot more fun to watch if players actually – I don't want to see – uh, God bless them, but I don't want to see the Harlem Globetrotters. You know, I, I don't want to see the Washington Generals fall back as Curly, you know, dribbles around in a circle. Where's the bucket of confetti? You know, the, the Globetrotters are very popular. I know. I like the Globetrotters. They, they, but come, that, they but, come here once a year usually. I know. I know. I've, I've a lot of people that. go because they like watching it. <laughs> I like the Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. but that is what it is. This should be something more. Well, I just don't know why you got to pick on the Globetrotters, that's all. Because it's an exhibition where the other team doesn't try to stop what the but, Globetrotters are doing. Entertaining nonetheless. Like I said, the bucket of confetti, 
You know, you're gonna have that. Hey, let's get a bucket of confetti out there. I'm I'm more than for that. The All Star game, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So uh, LeBron picks up a bucket of confetti and dumps it on uh, Giannis's head. Be kind of hilarious. <laughs> now we know. What? Is someone gonna pick up a seltzer bottle? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Just blast somebody. Oh, come on. All right, we'll get to the split let's make story. It, let's make it a real competition. We do have a lot to get to uh, with the Jazz, so let's let's get to the split story. Right, today, the Jazz made it look like they were playing like the Washington Generals last night. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Here's Morris outside the three-point line, works to the free-throw line, pulls up for the jumper, and Denver leads the Jazz despite being undermanned by one here in the fourth. Rebound comes down to the Jazz. Mitchell the other way, stolen by Morris. Here's a three by Murray for the lead. No. Rebound, Denver. Craig comes out with it near side. A minute 10 to play. Utah by one. Jokic through the lane. Flares it out to the wing to Morris. Morris inside. Left block, Jokic. Awkward turnaround jumper with one on the clock. Gives Denver the lead. Ingles to inbound. Conley gets into the backcourt, comes across the halfcourt, takes a left-hand dribble into the paint. Elbow jumper for Mike Conley, no good. Rebound Gary Harris, 5.8 seconds left in the Jazz foul. And frankly, on the most important rebound of the game, one of the Denver players flies in aggressively for the board, something the Jazz simply didn't do on the equally important rebound on the other side. I feel like every the last five games, the teams that we play won any more than we do. And, I mean, it's not, we can't talk about the schedule, but we had three days off, I mean, three days two days of practice but you know we still should be the freshest team and you know they're just just not the toughest team and you know toughness mental toughness is kind of like the number one thing that got us where we are right now so we just gotta get it back you know we we have it but we don't have it all the time so it's it's gonna be all the time and everyone that steps on the court is gonna have that Jazz lose to the Nuggets last night their fifth consecutive loss 98-95 they really uh, collapsed at the end of the fourth quarter. They had multiple opportun- opportunities to pull away in this game. They were up by as many as 15 in the third quarter, but they only scored 18 points in the third quarter, Gordon, and there are a lot of things to talk about uh, with this game and with what's going on with the Jazz right now. What uh, What is topic number one on the top of the mind of Gordon Monson? I think, well, like you said, there's a 1,000. But I think number one would be a lack of focus by the Jazz in what would be seen what would be seen as an urgent situation. I mean, the Jazz have lost four in a row. They have a 15-point lead. They even have a lead uh, after they squandered some of that lead. They had a lead heading into those final minutes, and then they turn the ball over more than they get shot attempts at the offensive end, and some of those turnovers are. Are lead directly to Denver points. That lack of focus is is fairly alarming. Uh, Donovan Mitchell dribbling down the floor casually in a in a very important possession and gets uh, gets his pocket picked from behind. And what was so weird about that, Jake, is everybody in the arena could see that coming except for Donovan. I yeah. Okay. Leads to points at the other end and leads to a loss, and the Jazz have to figure it out. I mean, there. I mean, that's just the starting point, man. We can go through, and I heard you on the post game show as I was coming home from the game last night. Was listening to you and Ben, and I think you covered it really, really well. 
I mean, there are toughness issues with this team. Rudy Gobert said as much. Uh, There are problems with efficiency, uh, the turnover problems. They said they only had 14 turnovers, Jake, but they had six down the stretch. Four in the final minute. Four in a row, I believe. Yeah, four in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. Two and, by Donovan. And you just can't do that. When when we look at the Jazz, we think of them as a playoff team. And so we look at indicators that show they're up to the task of a playoff setting. That gets you beat every time in the playoffs. So I on the micro, Gordon, I, I think you've you've covered it and, and I think those things are, are right. Lack of focus. I mean, we've heard a lot of buzzwords thrown thrown around, but I think we know what, what they're talking about and the, the turnover thing. I mean it was they just collapsed in the fourth quarter. I mean yeah. it, it collapsed. Lack of efficiency and your star players, both Rudy Gobert is being dominated by Jokic. That's funny, after what we said yesterday. We weren't convinced that Jokic could be that kind of team leader and put up those kinds of performances in important situations. What a game he had. And so Rudy gets dominated, and then Donovan Mitchell shoots 8 of 24 yeah. from the floor. So Jokic is awesome. Like that last shot, he we heard the lock highlight. I mean, what what else is Rudy going to do? Sometimes the other guy is just really good. That's a fadeaway turnaround jumper from, what, 20 feet? I mean, that's... It's a terrible shot. Terrible. And it went in. I mean, what are you going to do? And not just that. But did, but did you see the play when Jokic – was that on a – was that a pick and roll or what was it? It was a pick set. Yeah. And Jokic – I don't even know who scored the basket, but the Jazz had no chance of defending that play. It was a thing of beauty. Now, I know Jazz fans look at it as being ugly, but it was it was a great play put together by the Nuggets in a critical situation – and the Jazz just couldn't match it. So the micro stuff, I think, is right on the money. What is more on top of my mind is the macro stuff. And that, you know, we've talked about two big problems with the Jazz for, throughout the entire year that they were going to have to solve. And they were the bench, which is they've done a nice job with the bench, actually. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was a, was a great fit. And now the argument is kind of what other talent do you put with the bench? I think the bench is, is fine. The other is getting Mike Conley going and performing at a, at a big-time level, right? Mm-hmm. They need it. And that is the problem, Gordon, that right there. And people want to focus entirely on Mike himself, but that's, that's, not, where, that's not where the issue is, is that how is Mike Mike and everybody else – contributing to their utmost level. And that is the problem. Because Mike Conley was really, really good last night. That was his best game in a long time, if not his best game in a, in a Jazz uniform. And I know he missed that last shot, but he had a good shot. And, and Quinn went to him in it, right. that moment. Because what was he supposed to do? Go to somebody else who had not been doing well? And Donovan struggles aside, Joe and Royce O'Neal are nowhere to be found yeah. with Joe, Mike Conley. Joe wouldn't even look at the basket after a while. He was just automatically. There were a couple times when he had an open look and he passed it to a guy who was covered. And I want to get in, and let's get into Joe's comment on DJ and PK this morning. Something really, really jumped out to me, and and let's get to that coming up next. But it's that macro stuff that I think is is still the issue. And Donovan Mitchell last night, Gordon, did something that we I've never seen him do. We very rarely see it, if ever. And that's he went back out and got shots up after the game, after the locker room, after everybody was showered and gone and whatever. Donovan went out and worked out. And I think that was not 
Donovan, I mean, Donovan, you know, saying I need to play better. But I think that's a message he's sending to the locker room. I really do. That, guys, this is what it's going to take. And if, and if we're going to hold ourselves to a really, really high standard and everything, I'm going to be the first one in line to do it. Well, if you want to look at a macro view, a lot of it is attitudinal. A lot of it is. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't on know what happened. I know the Jazz had a soft stretch there, but they still won 19 to 21, and they beat the. I think they beat the Clippers in there. They had a few really nice wins, but it's almost as though this team was not mature enough. The players were not mature enough to handle that success, and they just let up, and they've been reeling ever since. And it's it's in the mindset. It it there are limitations with this team physically. Uh, they have to get that rebounding issue taken care of, and they have to, you know, play their defense and whatnot. But, but it seems to me like there are there are issues with this team where they need to to buckle it, buckle down, and just freaking get out there and beat people up if they have to. And that takes that takes strength. I thought Joe laid it out pretty well this morning with DJ and PK. We'll get to that clip coming up next. The Big Show, of course, title sponsor, our good friends at Mountain America Credit Union. Get a 0% interest uh, Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with the new Mountain America credit card. At 0% on everything from groceries to getaways. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. And with that in mind... Gordon, let's send things on down to the Mountain America Expo Center, where our good friend, the one, the only, the world famous, Tony Parks is hanging out at the boat show. What's going on, Tony? You are <laughs> everywhere. Much, That's how you earn that nickname, world famous. You're everywhere. And today, I, you're hanging out with the uh, the world famous down there at the boat show. I love it down here at the boat show, Mountain Mountain America Expo Center. That's where we're at here today. And the boat show will be going on from Thursday until Sunday. And this is the place that you need to come for a number of different reasons. But one of the biggest reasons is our good friend Kip here from Fred's Marine. What's going on, Kip? What's happening? Just happy to be in your presence. Sir. Oh, would you say? <laughs> World famous. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Jake. Actually, I did know Jake that. Put that label, yeah. <laughs> Jake put that label on me, and it has stuck ever since, man. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, wanting to get the one-stop shop for everything, the boat show's one place to go. Fred's Marine really has it all, from your pontoon boats, fishing boats, you name it. You guys have it, man. Yeah, we do. We, uh, we've worked hard over the years. Um, we've been in business for almost 40 years. I think next year's our 40th anniversary, um, owned by my father-in-law, Fred. So, yeah, we've been there. We've worked hard uh, building our pro shop, uh, surfboards, wakeboards, skis, tubes, life nice. jackets. I mean, a little bit of everything. And then uh, we get into our Centurion and Supreme ski boats and tow boats. Um, the world premiere, our, our Centurions are tow the world events for surfing. And then, yeah, Tracker is our lineup for our fishing boats. So Tracker boats, Sun Tracker pontoons, Nitro bass boats. I mean, we've got it all. So we've even got into the off-road power sports units. I know. The tracker off-road. So it's been... ATV side-by-sides. Yeah, yeah you I need saw something that. outdoors, I think we've got you covered as far as the summertime. Man, if it's for the outdoors, it is Fred's Marine. Now, you guys uh, family-owned and operated. There's a very yep. personalized way you guys Absolutely. do business. People should feel very comfortable about doing business with you all. Yeah, we don't want uh, people to come in and think that they're talking to a sales guy. Um, you know, you're, you're ta- I'm Fred's son-in-law, Brian my brother-in-law is Fred's oldest son. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get a, a member of the family really probably talking to you at some point in that in that dealership. 
And then the rest of our staff is the same way. They're, they're kind of built in. My accountant has her son that runs our pro shop. But, I mean, it's just everybody in there is a family, and we want you to feel like family when you come in. So I love no it. pressure, easy. You know, we're just there to help answer questions. And if you're ready to buy a boat, we're there to help you do that. All too. right, they're going to make you feel like family when you come on down here today at the Boat Show, Mountain America Expo Center. Uh, it's Utah's Water Sports Expo. And don't forget, uh, the, the, ultimately, the one-stop shop uh, filled with over $50 million worth of 2020 boats, recreational equipment, marine accessories. Where do they find you when they come in, right when they walk in the door? So we are actually dead center in the middle of the show. So there you're going to you walk, walk in the main entrance, hit the main aisle. You're going to see my accessory booth right there with all of our boards and our centurions and everything kind of right there. I mean, you, you really can't miss this. And it's yeah. a great time of year to come down because you get to see a little bit of everything down here. It's a great way to buy a boat. All right. Brutally cold outside. Get warm inside exactly. and uh, look forward to warmer days That's right. with our friends at Fred's Marine. Thanks again, Kip. Appreciate yeah, you, man. Thanks, Appreciate All it. right. Uh, that's uh, with uh, uh, Kip with Fred's Marine. We'll be talking more and more about the boat show here throughout the course of the afternoon. Stop by today through Sunday right here at the Mountain America Expo Center. What did Joe Ingles have to say about the Utah Jazz this morning on DJ and PK? The Big Show is going to talk about it next. 1280 the zone. Slow mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. So next week at this time is All-Star break. How important is it to have some momentum going into All-Star break for the team? I mean, All-Star break or not, we want momentum. <laughs> yeah, okay. At any point, especially yeah. right now. We don't want to go in with a nine, whatever game, losing streak. We obviously want to go in with a good feeling and then get refreshed and start the season again on the right foot. So we do what we can to play as well as we can and get some wins in these next four. And then we, regardless of what our record is or streak or wins or losses or whatever, we go into the break and we come back and be ready to go for that Last chunk of the season. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. My man, you'll never be what is in your heart. Weep little Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Band of the Day today, Mumford & Sons, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artists inside at LiveNation.com. Any particular inspiration for this? or No. Just in the mood? Yeah, we haven't had Mumford & Sons uh, feature in this like some time. All right. So, uh, why not? All right, Gordon, we're talking about issues with the Jazz. We'll talk about the trade deadline coming and going a little bit later on in the show. The Jazz obviously uh, uh, did not do anything at trade deadline time. Uh, but some uh, moves happened around the rest of the league, and we'll get to those a little bit later on. Sam Amick will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But we're talking about what's wrong with the Jazz. Of course, what everybody in town seems to be talking about, Gordon. They've wa- lost five consecutive games. And by the way, the, the schedule from here on out, really not easy. I mean, they, they've got to get it together quickly uh, to avoid a tailspin, and I believe you talked about that a little bit in your column today as well. So I uh, would encourage you to listen SL, or to read sltrib.com and listen to the Joe Ingles Show every week with DJ and PK, and I listened uh, this week. And I, the one specific part of what Joe had to say jumped out to me, and this is about a minute long, and I want to get your reaction to it. But basically... And I pulled, like, the, the second part of an answer. He gave a couple-minute answer, and this is kind of the second part of it. But PK basically asked a question, like, Joe, we've begged you to shoot more. You're not going to do it, so 
how else can you impact games was was basically the premise from PK. And Joe gave a really great answer. And this part in particular stood out to me, Gordon, and I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Austin? Everyone knows how much talent we've got offensively and what we've always kind of preached since I've been at the Jazz is, is, is unselfishness and moving the ball and playing together and, and getting the best shot we can, whether that's Donovan playing a pick and roll with Rudy and shooting the first one, if that's a great shot in, in the flow of our offense, then shoot it. If it's moving the ball side to side five times and getting a, a layup at the end of it, then, then that's what we do. And I feel like I embrace that maybe maybe more than anyone. I think that's what that's what I can really do to help the team by being out there to move the ball. We've talked about this a million times. If the shot's there, I'm going to shoot it. But if it's not, I'm going to move the ball and try and get a good shot for our team. Whether that results in me shooting three shots or 15 shots is going to be different throughout the year. I think it, I mean, it's, it's obviously clear like when Mike's not playing, I'm going to have the ball more and, and there's more shots available when he is. And he's been playing unbelievable. So we just figure it out. I'm not going to go home and be upset because I shot, I don't even know how many shots I shot. That's how much I care about it. That's how we play. We've always played that way. And, I mean, it's been pretty successful over the time, and we just got to we just got to keep playing like that. Uh, I think we're we're going to keep figuring it out, keep figuring out different things, playing a couple of new little new little offenses to to to, to ho- obviously hopefully get good shots for our team. And like I said, I think we will. I think we'll continue to get them. I'm curious. Listening to that, did the same thing stand out to you that stood out to me? What stood out to you? He brought up Mike Conley unsolicited <laughs> and said when he's in the lineup, Joe's not going to touch the ball as much. He said that. His role's going to change. And he said he's not going to shoot as much. There aren't going to be as many shots. And so he is the one who now has to adjust the most. To, uh, to and, and Locke alluded to it yesterday when he jumped on with us. We asked if, if it was a coincidence that Joe struggles and Mike's return kind of coincided a little bit. And he says he hopes that it's a coincidence, but if it's – if it's not, it's up to Joe to adjust and to adjust his game. You know, I, I thought that was pretty profound from David. And here's Joe saying this is the mentality of the team. He's going to be unselfish and get other guys going, and that's why Mike is going to basically take a lot of what his role's been. Well, this is my opinion on that. Joe Ingles is not good enough to be the offensive initiator against the best teams in the league. I think the top end for Mike Conley is greater in that regard. And so Joe has to adjust because the top end is better if Mike Conley is playing at the peak of his game. Now, I saw last night, I saw moments in that game where the jazz ball movement was beautiful. Absolutely stellar. So if they can do that some of the time, they have to do it more often. And I saw Joe passing up open shots. I don't know. He's in a shooting slump right now. Maybe his confidence isn't very high. But I think that has more as much to do with it as anything. He's not shooting the ball well. And so he was passing up open looks. I saw two occasions where he had an open look at the basket and he passed it to someone who was covered. Now, that's not being unselfish. That's being something else. So, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? If Joe Ingles is open, should he not shoot the ball? I don't think that's the issue. I, I think it's Joe initiating the pick and roll with Rudy Gobert. 
but the, and that, and that, a steady diet of that is not going to win you a championship. What will win you a championship is moving the ball properly, and when you have a good look, take it and hit it. But I, I think that if you just turn Joe into a stand-and-shoot player, I don't think you're maximizing but his I'm not abilities. Talk, I'm, and I, but I'm not I think talking about that. I'm not talking about, okay, Joe, you go stand in the corner and, and, and loft up a bunch of threes. That's not what I'm talking about. He was moving at times, and he was still passing up some shots. And I'm not saying he should shoot every time. I mean, he's got to be comfortable with the shot, and he's got to be in rhythm. But he needs to adjust to the situation, and I think he's fully capable of doing that. It doesn't mean just because Mike Conley is going to be a playmaker doesn't mean Joe can't be a playmaker too. It just means he can't dominate the ball. I agree, but I also think it's the reason the Jazz would be better off with Joe going back to the bench. I, I know I, that's I not know. popular, but I, I think move Royce back into the starting lineup, let Royce take the most difficult defensive assignment, and let Royce not suck up a bunch of shots because he doesn't need any. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether I agree with that or not. I guess I would have to get more information, watch more to see if I think that's the absolute answer. I think put Joe with Mike or Donovan and Rudy and then fill in with, with the bench unit. Let or, or even just Joe and Rudy and maybe somebody like Jordan Clarkson where Joe and Rudy can run the pick and roll because they're so good together and you know somebody like Jordan Clarkson can feed off it. I mean, you can, you can massage the lineup, but I just think that, we, we, again, we talked about it a little bit with Locke yesterday. I mean, there's, there's only one basketball, and you've got to get the right lineup out there to highlight everybody's abilities. But why can't... Why can't you have him in that starting lineup? Is the only way he can be effective in a pick and roll with Rudy Gobert? No, but it's a big part of what he can do. Well, it's and some he, of what he can and do. And he's the best at it on the team. Okay, all right. But that doesn't mean if you have Mike Conley on the floor and the ball is moving that that uh, Joe can't find himself in advantageous spots on the court from which to shoot. I, but you're 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 speaking that way as as definitively that's his only problem, and I don't think so. I think Joe's so much more of a a stand in, than just a take open shots kind of guy. But I that's really not do. what I'm I, saying. I, I'm not saying stand there. I'm not saying catch and I, shoot. I know you're not, but that's not his whole game. That's not what made him so good in December and January. We we uh, Chris Mannix was tweeting about it. Um, it must have been a month ago, and we we asked him about it. How Joe was just manipulating how the game was played, and he was so good in the pick and roll, and that's where all his value came from. It's not it's not, not just that, it's not just that Joe isn't shooting. There's there's more to it than that, and I guess that's that's really what I'm trying to get at. I I agree with you. Joe could shoot more, but I don't I don't think that's entirely what we're talking about here. If he is going to initiate the offense and be counted on to do that. I don't think the Jazz offensive attack is good enough to beat the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks and teams like that. I think that can be effective against other teams, but I, I don't think the top end is as, as high. I so, agree with you, and I think the Jazz agree with you. That's why they've got to figure it out. And yeah. that's why I don't. Well, Joe think... has to figure it out. Yes, Joe, he does. Joe has to get comfortable in this, just like Mike Conley has had to get comfortable right. in it. I agree. But the, uh, I still contend that, that part of the issue with, with Joe in that lineup with Donovan and with Mike all at the same time is there's not enough basketball to go around. And two, you don't have anybody to guard the other team's best player. And whether you think that, that Royce O'Neal is good at it or not, he's certainly better at it right now than those other guys. 
And if, to, to have somebody that can come in and at least go toe-to-toe with Damian Lillard for a little while and just stand in the corner and do nothing but shoot when he's open, that's what they need. And but Joe, Joe is more than that. But I don't think that was the problem last night. Uh, I guess I, that's why I'm talking more on the macro. Yeah. I, I didn't agree, or <clears throat> excuse me, disagree. I'm used to saying I don't agree with you. I, I don't disagree with your assessment of the micro last night. You're right. The end of the fourth quarter was a disaster. Donovan was a big problem or a big part of that. But I don't think Donovan's a problem. I think maybe Donovan's defense could improve if you want to examine Donovan. But, uh, you know, those nights against Denver, he's playing against a, a, a really good uh, defensive player that that makes him work really hard. And Torrey Craig, he's got a diff- difficult matchup there. That guy's the Tasmanian devil. He's great on defense, and he made life difficult for Donovan. But Donovan's going to be fine. But Donovan is an all-star, man. He needs to play like one. I don't care who he's going up against. Yes, yeah, said so many all-stars that played against Bruce Bowen for years and struggled all along the way. You get a tough defensive matchup, and it's it's they're going to make life more t- difficult for you. And if the, if this were the playoffs, I'd more readily agree with you that you got to figure out a way to get it done. But Donovan had an off night against a tough defensive matchup. He's, he's falling back into situations of inefficiency and bad decision-making. Maybe, but do you think that will persist? I don't know. I mean, see, I don't think that'll persist. I think he had a bad night last night. He made. But some he's fall. had other bad nights he, too. It's not like this is in a vacuum. This has happened at other times during this losing skid. Well, if you think, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying you like I'm going at you, Gordon. I'm saying you anyway. If you think that Donovan has regressed, then we have a totally different topic I, on our hands. I, I certainly that, don't think that's what, the what case. What I'm saying is that Donovan has to play better. Okay, he has to play up to the level. Of his capabilities, I I agree with both Shaq and Charles Barkley on this, and I've heard them both say it: that Donovan Mitchell has to play like a star player for the Jazz to meet their potential. And okay, but of what, late, too many times he hasn't. But what's your definition of that? That's the problem. I, I have. not going eight of twenty-four. Okay, and fine. not turning the ball over twice down a stretch. How many games did your beloved Kobe Bryant go eight of twenty-four? And I'm just bringing him him up because he was a superstar player Kobe who Bryant. played like a superstar all the time. But he had shooting nights like that a lot. He did. People but, do. But when he had a, a, a night like that, in fact, he had a night like that against the Jazz in the playoffs, and he came out in the next game and absolutely buried him. He but, just he just crushed him. With a great performance, and that's what you know. Every great player isn't going to play great every night. I get that, but usually the great players don't play poorly three out of four nights. Um, and I don't necessarily think he has played poorly three out of four. He nights. played. He sucked against both against Denver both times. Twice. Yeah, we're talking about his defensive matchup, and it, it was an issue. It, so, so Donovan really isn't good enough to master a tough defensive matchup. I think Donovan sometimes has nights he's not going to be as good, yes. Well, he has to limit those is what I'm saying. No one is perfect every night. I get that. By the way, I, I didn't mean to be disrespectful by saying your beloved Kobe Bryant. I just teased Gordon about being a Laker fan, that's all. I'm not a Laker fan. Never been a Laker yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. You sure, you sure yeah. talk like a Laker fan. A no, because I say Magic Johnson is the best point guard I've ever seen play. He's really more of a forward he played the point for the Lakers. More of a point forward. He, he was, and, they and, traded Norm Nixon so he would be the point guard. Well, and if Magic's a point guard, then LeBron's a point guard, and LeBron's better than Here we go again. 
All I know is Bowler and I I had this argument, and we put it to a vote to basketball experts far and wide, and the vote was 22 to 1. Well, I'm not talking about John Stockton. Who's talking about John Stockton? I know, but everyone said he was the best point guard ever. I'm talking about LeBron James. LeBron is more than... A point guard. LeBron, LeBron's a point guard if Magic's a point guard. Not true. And, and LeBron is better than Magic. So. Not, well, that might, that might be true, but the first yeah. statement is not true. It is. It, it is, though. You're just going to dig in your heels on that, aren't you? I'm right! <laughs> How are you doing over there? LeBron does not play the point position. Magic did. No, if if LeBron did Magic, or if Magic did, LeBron does. We'll, we'll agree to disagree. No, and I'm, I'm not settling for that. I bet if we had 22 experts on, they'd all agree with me. <laughs> of course they would. All right, do. stay tuned. We'll have more next. Uh, we want to remind you about our good friends at Zero Res. You don't have to settle for residue, and frankly, you deserve better. And it's so easy. Zero Res will clean your rooms for just $33 each. Call 801-288-ZERO and tell them the zone sent you. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. What the Jazz are finding out is getting to that optimal level with consistency has a rude awakening when you are no longer one of those teams on the outside looking in. You know? Do you see anybody talking with Donovan Mitchell anymore after games? Now it's different. It's like, hey, you're good. You don't need me to talk to you. I need to go out and destroy you now. Like, you're on your own, dude. When you're in these positions trying to get to the ultimate optimal level of winning and you have the roster that is capable of it too, oh man, are teams coming after you. It's different and it's eye-opening when you become a marked or targeted team and, yes. and you, you show up on the map and everyone looks at you and goes, okay, you're legitimate. Now I'm going to go out there and find a way to beat you. And you are every single night somebody's number one priority. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Empty in the valley of your heart The sun, it rises slowly as you walk Away from all the fears and all the faults you've left behind The harvest left no food for Big you. Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Monday from noon to 3 at Payne Anthony Jewelers, 329 Trolley Square, right underneath the Spaghetti Factory. We're going to get to the trade deadline news and notes with Sam Amick coming up right around the corner, but some minor news. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers uh, made some moves acquiring, uh, amongst others, uh, Alec Burks. Yes. Glenn Robinson the third as well. Uh, and now today also announced they've waived Trey Burke. Have they now? But they also retained Howell Neto. So once again, Neto <laughs> beat out Burke. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, the Warriors get three second-round picks for that. I thought the Warriors had a good day today. We'll have to ask Sam about it. But D'Angelo Russell was somebody who was not in their future plans. No. And and actually, Gordon, you know, in our conversation about the Jazz, we're talking about duplication, right? Mm-hmm. And I think D'Angelo Russell was big time duplication with Golden State. They knew it. Yeah. They knew it when they acquired him. Yeah. They knew they were going to move him, and now they move him for a player in Andrew Wiggins that I actually really like the fit of him with the Warriors. Well, think about what that team's going to look like next year. 
he's like a more athletic Harrison Barnes. Yeah. I mean, and he'll be able he with he and Clay Thompson if you can talk him into playing defense. He and Clay Thompson will be pretty formidable, and then you add Draymond Green and his versatility to that. And I, I think it's a really good fit if he fits into their culture and they get him to work hard. Regardless of what happens this year, I'm going to make a prediction. That is that the Warriors will be favored to win another title next year. Favored or will actually do it? You're, you're saying Vegas will will pick them to win? Yes, I think they will. Well, I don't know. Well, what kind of prediction I, is that? Well, I don't know where they're going to win it. You want me to predict uh, a year and a half into the future? Well, you're predicting what some buffoon down at the Westgate is going to think. What, what kind of prediction is that? I'm just saying that? that the appreciation for their collection of talent will be high. Anyway, I like the move for the Warriors. And, and for the Timberwolves, you know, who cares? <laughs> Does anybody really care? No. Bad culture, no defense, not working anyway. Yeah. yeah I, it's I, cold up there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a, an ideal situation. All right, Sam Amick is going to join us coming up next. But right now, let's send things down to the Mountain America Expo Center where our good friend Tony Parks is uh, hanging out. And uh, what, what do you have your eye on, Tony? A new, uh, uh, what, a new uh, tube, maybe some water skis, maybe a fishing boat. What are you looking at? Well, a little earlier, uh, I was looking at a kneeboard that actually looked really cool. But right now, I'm looking about uh, leaving the state for a little while, maybe for a week. That sounds good because the Gone Fishing Lodge has an unbelievable deal for all of you, whether it's you and another person, whether it's a group of people, whatever it is. Ralph from Gone Fishing Lodge is with us right now, and he's about to set you up for a great expedition on the Kenai River. How you doing, by the way, Ralph? Good, good. Have a good time. I, okay, so there's a lot of great things here at mm-hmm. the boat show at the Mountain America Expo Center, but so many people have raved constantly about the best value for your money. It's with the Gone Fishing Lodge in Alaska. Well, yeah, I, I kind of partial to that, but uh, we can give them a good time up there. It's all guided up there, fishing. They don't have to be a professional fisherman. We've got all the equipment. Uh, come on in, up and hook in and hang on is what we say. Yeah, because they come in and you take care of whether they are skilled or not. You make it really easy for them and make it a great experience overall. But you do a lot of different stuff, so uh, sometimes you'll be out. Uh, what, deeper into the saltwater, sometimes just the rivers? Like, walk me through kind of the different types of uh, things. Yeah, we're located on the Kenai Peninsula, so we're surrounded by saltwater. And we fish out in the saltwater for halibut and ling cod, yellow-eye black bass, and salmon, uh, kings, silvers, pinks, uh, and the sockeyes come in. But then they're all, all the salmon are turning up, going up into freshwater, into the rivers, and so we target them in the rivers, too. We use drift boats, power boats. We have float planes that take people out into more remote places where... Uh, we're targeting the salmon, and there's also great opportunities to see and photograph mm-hmm. bears in the wild. Yeah, so even if, I mean, if fishing's your thing, this is, I mean, you're in heaven here. But even if, let's say, fishing wasn't your thing, or you didn't have a big background in it, it's something new and fun to do, an experience that, honestly, no family would ever forget, right? I mean, that's it's kind of something for everyone. Yeah, exactly, and it's a beautiful area, too. It's, uh, I mean, Alaska is just, is just huge, but, I mean, uh, trying to see it, is difficult and so in this area there's actually between the boats we use and the planes we're able to see quite a bit sometimes we fly over glaciers after we're done fishing and now we're talking and uh, we get sometimes if the weather's good we get right down on top of these things with the float planes and yeah i mean we don't land on them but we're going right over the top of them but uh it's pretty cool you can't walk up to them you can't drive drive up to most of them so 
um, it's a great experience. So the views, the experience, uh, the fun of, of getting out and trying something like that, or if you were experienced at it, uh, trust me, I took a look at the pictures of some of these halibut uh, over 200 pounds. That's that's good, right? Very good. Yeah, and <laughs> there's amazing. we also uh, don't just specialize in uh, uh, fishing. We do sightseeing tours too, where oh, we good. take them out to see whales and and glaciers that meet the ocean. And they see these. We've got four different species of whales out there, so you can put some sightseeing trips in with the fishing trips and just have a great time. Anybody who has ever been to Alaska said it was phenomenal. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So make sure to see Ralph here at the boat show. Where do they find you? Right when they come in. They go to the, uh, come in, go to the right. Okay, come in, go to the right, see Ralph, ask him about the Gone Fishing Lodge and uh, many of the other great sightseeing adventures. Very reasonably priced, and it has been commented heavily, this is by far the best value for your money. Ralph, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Oh, appreciate you having me. All right. Come on down. That's Ralph with the Gone Fishing Lodge. We're here at the boat show. Uh, they're going to be open, and they're going to be here until 9 p.m. tonight. Also, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You can go online as well uh, to get your tickets, Utah Boat show.com uh, and then don't forget uh, adults admission is ten dollars you can get a four-day pass for 20 bucks children 12 and under they are in free so make sure they come down and check out all the great uh, fun and exciting interactive things including the gone fishing lodge uh, when we come back sam amick will be talking utah jazz and the trade deadline as well this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network this, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, on a ski slope at a grocery store at a gas station. Somebody's going to come up to you and say, what's going on with the Jazz? So let me ask you this, David. What's going on with the Jazz? So right now, we're not very good defensively. But I actually think in a lot of ways this takes us right back to the very start of the season. When the season started, my opinion of the Jazz from my numbers analysis was that they would have one of the number one, two, or three offenses in the NBA. And the question was whether or not they could be elite defensively still. If they were going to be middle of the pack defensively, they'd be really, really good. If they were elite defensively, they'd be great. Western Conference finalist, NBA finalist, caliber team. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.